Greetings, nerds. This is Senior Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing very well, Sarah. I'm just trying to, like, figure out how you can distinguish closure and not caring from each other, but how are you doing? Okay, well, think about when you get a song stuck in your head. Mm -hmm. Do you, is it that you care about that song? Or is it that you just need to finish the song and then it'll no longer be stuck in your head? Therefore, you just want closure of having the song end. Yeah, but the problem is that song, it will continue to play in my head for a while. So I don't get any closure. I am Groot. And there's somebody else we have to introduce. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope you're, but I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. Patricia, you're here too. I, I, I Patricia. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Yes, I'm here. You're here I, too. <laughs> and to chime in on the closure thing, I think it's situational. There's different situations where you can care and where you don't have to care. Ooh. That's a good point. Ta-da. All right. You I play the. <laughs> you, you, you put the nail on that one. All right. <laughs> now, do you care about the nail? Oh, no, you don't have to you care, don't have about, to care about, about the nail. nail. No. <laughs> Maybe if we just start with closure. Okay. So, random topics tonight, people, because. And I didn't come up with these, and I feel really stupid about my first question during the pre-show now. Um, but let's start with obviously something that Will wants to talk about, um, Star Trek. Yes, yes. I, it just indulge me for a moment. Uh, so, big news. Reading my mic now. <laughs> <laughs> big news this weekend. It was finally confirmed that uh, Patrick Stewart is returning as Jean-Luc Picard and a new Star Trek series on the uh, CBS All Access Network, and there was much rejoicing in the Star Trek fandom. Uh, I, I know I like definitely did a couple make it so cartwheels uh, after after seeing that news yesterday. And uh, yeah, yeah, I just looking looking forward to it. Not you know, we've had a good renaissance with Star Trek with Discovery and. Uh, I think uh, on our nostalgia trip that uh, folks have been on for quite a bit lately, it's good to indulge in this little bit of nostalgia, bringing bringing back Patrick Stewart. And he, he was, I think he's ready to see what new challenges uh, the writers can bring to John Luke. Yeah, 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 Patrick Stewart, yep. Just waiting for him to play. Oh, wait, no, he can't play. Professor Xavier anymore because no. of what happened in Logan. Right, right. He ended out on a high. He like Logan was looking movie, y'all. Good movie. Um, talking about now bad movies or weird movies or I have no idea what is going on in Marvel Universe anymore. But the second trailer for Venom dropped, and it had a lot of Venom. It had a, a lot, lot of yes Venom. See what you did there. It had a lot of something. Patricia, what what do you think about the second Venom trailer? Well, I haven't seen the first one, but I did watch the second one. Um, I don't know. 
Like, I found it very, like, it's coming out in October, and I thought it's very fitting for, like, Halloween. And mm-hmm. it's really dark. And, I mean, I kind of liked it most of the time while the Venom character, like, was out and, like, talking. I couldn't understand what he was saying. Like, I had to go back and rewind it to try to get what he was saying. Because I just, I couldn't. And, like, his mouth doesn't move right. Like, he's speaking through his teeth. Like, I get it, it's supposed to be creepy, but I don't know what to make of it. Like, I don't, I highly doubt I will go see it in theaters because I don't do scary movies in theaters. And this seemed a little bit more on the edge of, like, scary, scary. No. Like, but not like, I don't know. Patricia, anyway, I, if, Patricia, <laughs> if I can see it in theaters, you can see it in theaters. Okay. We know this. We know this, but quick question. How much do you know about the Venom character? Literally nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so from that trailer, you would have never guessed that that's actually a Spider-Man villain. Oh, I kind of like, vaguely remember knowing that at some point. Okay. Okay. She saw Spider-Man 3. 3. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's what that's what happened there. All right. Exactly. And then forgot about it because it's awful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is the bad part of the Spider-Man that came out? This the was black the, stuff. Yeah, this is the ooze. This is a symbiote. Oh, so they're making a new one? Yeah, and okay. black Oozy thing. Yep. Okay. Yep. See, see, Sony has no idea what they're doing anymore. They just know that Spider-Man has one of the best rogues galleries, and they're currently lending part-time Spider-Man to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And although we still have Spider-Man movies, they still, Sony still needs to use themselves. So they've started to try to introduce the villains of this universe without the hero. And that's where the logic is flawed. Very. <laughs> very, very flawed. But I will say the the second trailer, well, the first trailer, when it came out in the spring, I was like, what the hell is this? The first full trailer, I was intrigued, but still not convinced about going to see this in the theater. This one actually moved me to the needle of, okay, I actually may plunk down a few bucks to go see this. I'm just that curious. I'm just that curious about it. It looked really cool visually, like the special effects brought me in and that's the only if I was to go see it in theaters that would be the only reason that would make me want to go see it in theaters is because the special effects look cool yeah but it also looks scary to me but that's just because I'm a chicken uh about things I I just would want it to have um oh my god why am I blanking on the subtitles I would want it to have subtitles uh, because I can never understand Tom the Hardy when he talks. Yeah. That's just me. And, and I don't, I don't like his voice in this movie. <laughs> I was going to say it. Like when he's not, I don't know if it's him doing the Venom voice or not. The Venom voice I'm fine with. 
Um, but the it's very disorienting when all of a sudden Tom Hardy is talking as Eddie Brock, and I'm like, what? This doesn't seem like the same person, and maybe that's on purpose, but it's just it's very disorienting. I disagree with you, Will. I actually prefer the very first teaser to any of this stuff that I've mm-hmm. seen because I feel like now I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, well, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going Batman v Superman trailer too, and we all know what happened with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. So, sir, do you like Tom Hardy in other movies? Yeah, like Christopher Nolan t- cast cast him all the time. He just doesn't have a speaking part. No, he does. <laughs> 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 he didn't do much talking in Dunkirk, okay? But he was also he also I'm pretty sure spoke a different language, but I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen that. Um Did he, he, a- he was really good in Inception, okay? Yeah, but he was. There's something with the accent that he's trying to pull off in this movie that's making him sound really, really soft. Um, almost like he has a lisp. And that's what's kind of making me like, I can barely understand you. Why are you whispering every single line? Mm. <laughs> so I just wanted to hear more because I wasn't, you're like the first girl that I've like all my other friends that are girls are like, oh, Tom Hardy, you know, like they're fangirling over him. And so it's just interesting to hear, you know, someone have such a different opinion. Yeah, but I mean, OK, this may be a sexist comment, but I mean, females often don't talk, have many lines in in movies. Um, unless they're the lead and unless it's like a very female driven story, um, they're always cast in like that second, that love interest role where they're mm-hmm. really just there to look pretty. Um, Tom Hardy's the same way. He's just there to look pretty, Patricia. Like I'm perfectly fine with that. Silent movie, Tom Hardy. Here's my money. This has gone into a weird direction, and I blame Patricia personally for this. I sorry, I just had I had to ask. This is this is no, I like this direction. It's uh, it's a a fresh take. You would. (laughs) (laughs) You Venom trailer two lover, you. I would, yeah. Yeah. All right, talk about different directions. We had breaking news the other day in the schmodown. Um, Patricia, you can go and get a glass of water. We know you don't like the schmodown or have any idea what schmodown even means. But for all yep, listeners right who back. do. Yep. <laughs> Bye. We, they announced the teams who will be competing this fall in the team tournament. And, yes, Mike Kalinowski – did shake everything up. You All did. new teams, everything. And however, I think on the last time we covered the Schmodown, I made a comment that I'm really tired of Mike messing with the season because we're not getting good matches. Well, I take it all back. Yes, you should. Because we got some awesome pairings that would have never happened. Never happened. And I have I have really no idea what's going to occur, Will. Like, there's a chance that we could have some teams forfeit just because 
they don't want each other to win. Yeah, it's very possible. Uh, and the whole, you know, corruption, you know, hashtag corruption really is, it should be hashtag way to go Kalinowski because he really blew up everything in a way that I think is going to make it a very interesting tournament. I think things that, like, as you said, things that got kind of stale. And quite frankly, you know, we were getting some very underwhelming interdictive matches here lately where it was just like, dude, really? So, you know, kudos to Kalinowski and, and pulling us off. And uh, I'm, I'm actually excited to see the, the uh, interdictive tournaments coming up. Two um, teams in particular stand out to me. Um, first, you have Guy and Cushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is like... That is like Star Wars, okay? You have you have the Kylo Ren of the league, and then you have the Ray of the league come together and join forces to totally. take down that empire. Like, come on! Like the only better combination there could have been was maybe Bateman and Cushing, mm-hmm. just because Bateman's known to have a little bit more movie trivia knowledge. However, Guy did recently prove himself in he one did. of the best matches ever. He did. And then alternatively, you have Riley and Bateman paired together. And why I find this team to be so fascinating is because Guy will face Riley in a future singles match. That's right. And then Riley has to walk away and join partners with, like, one of them, and and there's all of this storylines with the four horsemen versus um, team action, team action. Yep. and so there's so much into that that I just I can't wait for that to all play out. I'm yeah, very very excited. Me too, me too. I mean, it's just again blowing up the traditional alliance, you know, the teams, and you're having the mix mixing of of the teams. It really does uh, open itself up to some really intriguing storylines. And as you said, I mean, you, you really could, as you said, could have some forfeits happen. You could have, uh, you know, former alliances get strained. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, you know, seeing how that will, how this will impact the singles matches as far as uh, uh, some of the competition there, it really, it really brings a, a new, uh, Dimension element to the showdown that uh, again I have to give you know have to give kudos to whatever whatever Kalinowski had over um, uh, I'm blanking on his name um, Thad Thad yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey (laughs) I'm glad it worked it worked out (laughs) were there any teams that stood out to you No I think the ones you pretty much picked. for the ones that I, I feel the same way um, about uh, just, I mean, I think the Cushion Guy team in particular, that, you I mean, never in a thousand years would they normally ever pair up. So that's, that one was one that definitely, whenever you, you shared that with me, and then also on the Facebook group saw the rest of the pairings. Um, yeah. I, uh, that, that one was one that definitely stood out. Yeah. The only other one I want to mention um is Clark Wolf and Drew McWeeny. Hmm. 
Very interesting because Clark Wolf, I would argue, has a similar track record in this competition as Sam Levine, who is now retired. That's right. And Drew McWeeny's old partner. And so to have Clark Wolf, who she knows her stuff, but she is constantly getting the opportunities and just dropping the ball and not making it across that finish line, just yeah. like Sam Levine. So they could be a dark horse in this competition. And for Drew, he's he's got to earn his way back to that belt now. Yep. And I think he's also in the mindset of proving himself as like Sam didn't carry the team. Like Sam was the double belt winner, first time ever in the league. But Drew McWeeny is no slouch. He's not. He's not. So that's another. That's another good team. That's another good team. So yeah. It, again, it, it's it's going to be fun, and mm-hmm. uh, look forward to look forward to breaking it down with you. Yep. Yep. And we go from corruption to mayhem as we're going to now focus all of our energy on breaking down the Cloak and Dagger season finale, Colony Collapse. I'm kind of underwhelmed by this episode, guys. Yeah. I don't know about you two. I don't know where your thoughts are, but Patricia, why don't you start us off? What were your overall thoughts on the season finale? Um, I, I'm right there with you. I, I wasn't very impressed and I have some theories or questions about season two. (laughs) 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 So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like this in general, my thoughts about this whole, this whole season that they've come out with, um, like if I'm being brutally honest, I just finished it so I could have something to talk about with you guys on the podcast. She like didn't if, mean it. She didn't mean it, guys. She doesn't mean it. Yeah. She's just and speaking through her feelings. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my that's my knee jerk reaction to this whole thing. I mean, it's visually beautiful, and I enjoyed some of the special effects that they did and the storyline was, was good. There was just something missing from it and I don't know what it was, but it didn't like the first three episodes, two or three episodes. I was like, yeah, I can get into this, but then I lost something Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's just me or if it's just, the show itself, it's probably just me, honestly. But for the most part, like if I wasn't on the podcast with you guys, I probably wouldn't have watched it or finished the se- the season. So, what about you, Will? Where are your thoughts? I so I've watched it twice, and right. I, yeah, well, yeah, I had that. <laughs> Wait, but. Uh, the whole season or just no, the end episode? Just the, the fi- final episode. Just the finale. Just the finale. Oh, okay. Not the whole season. Oh, gosh. No. Didn't have yet. Um, <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. I'll, I'll probably will do a rewatch. I, so I actually enjoyed the finale. I did think that as far as finales go, it, it was a pace wise, it was 
a little off from from what we were building up to. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would agree with. I mean, if, if that's where you were feeling underwhelmed, uh, maybe that that was it. Because I at first the way the story started out, and you had the the music. You know, you had Olivia, you know, cover of the stick song "Come Sail Away," and I was like, you know, so at first I was drawn by that because I was like that sounds like a cover of something that I know and so that was a little distracting for me at first but I think the what I liked about the the finale was it pulled you know we've been teased they've been talking about divine pairings all season and right. and so it was I um it was I'm glad they've they they've they've Put some context to all those figures that we've seen on Auntie Gentile's mantle. So, and, and the whole context of the, the danger and the risk that New Orleans has because that, without that, then the finale would not have worked at all. Um, I'll it, agree with that. I'll um, agree with that. So, so it was, so that was, I'm glad they did that. Uh, the only places where I, uh, felt that the finale uh, was sort of didn't work for me was the the scenes where uh, Tandy saved her mother from the thank you rock song. <laughs> uh, that part was kind of you know whenever you have this great setup and then you go back <laughs> to that, I almost wish they had just resolved that in the previous episode. That, it made no sense yeah. whatsoever, and yeah. it was one of the worst acted scenes I've seen in this series yeah. so far. Yeah, it that, was really bad. So that was the one place in the finale where I was just like, oh, uh, it was a little cringeworthy. Uh, but uh, but the rest of it, like I said, if you didn't have those stories, and I noticed that I I read this on uh, in a, a review somewhere else, and with all the stories, and they didn't and I think it was wise they didn't like do a direct Katrina flashback or whatever but they did reference it by having Tandy and Tyrone end up on the Superdome at the end of the episode which I thought was a a way of like you know a place that was very you know with Katrina was a, a very I mean it was so fresh in recent history that everybody knows what went down there and you know here it is Tandy and Tyrone end up on the top of it after they saved the city uh, as a place of uh, you know breaking the I guess the um, predest- predestined loss of one of the divine pairings. So I thought that was a nice little touch that they did with the with the finale. Uh, but overall, I think, oh, overall, I, I enjoyed that, it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I think that Auntie Chantel just got it wrong. I think. That there, and this is what bothered me about the whole finale. And and you're absolutely right, Will. The the divine pairing stuff and Auntie Chantel going through every single pairing that had came before made a lot of sense. And that I didn't understand why it felt like they dropped that three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. It was really only set up to get to get Evita to run up to Tyrone and Tandy and explain to them what's really going on. Mm -hmm. 
And, and so, but then there was nothing about it and there was still a good quarter of the show left. So I didn't understand why they would take, have such good context built in the background and then drop it with a lot of show left to be, or a lot of story left to be told. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yep. And I just, I feel like, because I didn't go back and rewatch the finale, I actually went back and rewatched bits and pieces of episode one and two. Nerd. I know. I have good reasons, though. And okay. we'll get into that when we talk about Detective O'Reilly a bit more. Okay. But I I noticed and I realized that, so the Night of the Storm is is very similar if you look at all of the divine pairings that became came before, a lot of it had to do with like famine, mm-hmm. big natural disasters mm-hmm. and everything. Very similar context to the night of the storm where Tyrone's brother and Tandy's father died. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the real divine pairings were Tandy and her dad and Tyrone and his brother Ooh. and the sacrifice just so happened, like, both of them had sacrifices. The mm-hmm. other had to die for one of them to live. And and there's no storm after that night. So I wonder if, if, like, in a weird way, those two sacrifices are actually what what Auntie Chantel is all talking about. It's possible. I mean, it's... Because the figurines are well, are clearly Tandy and Tyrone, mm-hmm. uh, but but you're right in the sense that they are paired, but the sacrifice was like the their family members that you just discussed, and so maybe this is like the new line that the where there's a new destiny for for the city and and for these two individuals. Yeah, and I just, I also think that part of the reason why Tandy and Tyrone survived that night had to do with the force or the power that Roxanne has been drilling for, which is supernatural. It's not natural. And I wonder if everything that Auntie Chantel was talking about had to do with like a lot of natural and then there was a sacrifice and not just what is what appeased the gods, so to speak. Yeah. Or she and, could, yeah. 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 Or she could be just off that this particular event was the event that was going to, that would cause the uh, loss of one of the divine pairings. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if this was the event because this was just another episode of the walking dead. <laughs> It really was, guys, and it wasn't a good one. It was a stupid one. I'm sorry. I really hated the terrors. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I always think, I always think of the uh, Night of the Living Dead when I see the terrors. But yeah, what, do you, what about yeah. what about you, Patricia? Like my favorite part in that, not this, not the last episode, but like one of my, the most interesting parts to me, um, which sort of came up in the final episode was when Tandy went into, is it Scarborough, the guy in the suit that mm-hmm. was like, yeah, yeah. She goes into his mind and like opens up the door that Mina's dad was stuck in. Mm-hmm. So he gets to start reliving the explosion over and over again. And I loved, 
I loved those, those little aspects of the show, like really are what I find it intriguing or what made me keep watching it kind of. Um, but I don't know. I felt like the, the terrors were okay because the way that they were described wasn't supposed to be like zombie-like or wasn't supposed to be anything really supernatural. It was just somebody that had adrenaline and that was like super angry. And so I thought for what they just did a very, very, I can't think of the word, very good job at doing what they said that they were going to do. Like it was just a normal human being that got struck with this superpower stuff from the ground that was supposed to be hyper aggressive and wanting to attack everybody. But the one thing that I didn't like about the terrors was when Tyrone was in the police station and he was like, just leave it all to me. And he's wearing his cloak and he goes into a room, locks himself in. I'm pretty sure he got touched by terrors. Like, why didn't the fear stuff, like, terror thing, like, take over him? Because, oh, go ahead, Will. No, you go ahead. He was wearing his Um, cloak? No, no, because if you think about, so Tyrone's abilities doesn't just have to do with his cloak. He has the ability to read other people's fears. So he, he, like, in the previous episode, Tandy was feeding on people's hopes. Well, Tyrone, he can feed on people's fears, and so them touching him doesn't do anything. Yep. Okay. I will. I will take that as Patricia is satisfied with that answer. <laughs> well, <Okay. I> d- <laughs> like as as a person, like I'm not happy with that answer. But I'm I'm satisfied with that answer, if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't make me happy that that is the answer. It just, it's like, okay, fine. That makes sense. Yeah, I just I wish was, it was something a bit different. I was <laughs> more mad that the cloak was getting destroyed because Tyrone spent a lot of time on that, and so did his brother. And I'm like, oh, my God, it took us forever to get that cloak. Now you're just going to rip it all up? What the heck? Yeah, I, was, I, was, I had that same feeling, but then, but I, but when it, when it carry it forward and Tandy gives Tyrone his the old hoodie sweatshirt back, yeah. then that was to me that was the deepening of their their bond because yeah. you know that that cloak was was Ty's brother's actually so so yeah it was it was dope and it like it was just visually like yes this is what he, you know we're getting that we're getting that cloak and it helped him i guess it helped him focus and and, and be able to utilize his powers but um why the, did he ask her why she kept it because he kept her ballet slipper. yeah see that was the one thing i was <laughs> i was wondering when they were going to bring up the slipper it, that that was that will it again. I guess if there was another like plot point that I did have it uh, did have an issue with was they just he hands over she hands over the, the hoodie, but I was waiting for waiting for the slipper and something you know referenced that, but they they left that hanging out there and maybe they'll bring it up in season two since he is now living in the living in her church. 
Yeah, which is a very cool switch that they did, Mm -hmm. again, to parallel where these two characters started off and how they've switched places, essentially, and are are, um, just based off of their own natural journeys, and it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to watch. I want to go back to something else that Patricia said, um, because I agree with her. Um, One of the strong points... Was yes, yes, I said it. Okay, I agree with you. Don't get too excited. <laughs> is is that this show is at its best? I would argue when they do and they focus more on Tyrone and Tandy experiencing these hopes and dreams or hopes and fears of others, and in that mindscape or other dimension, and because it's it. it it allows the show to be a comic book show, which mm-hmm. without letting it not get ungrounded, um, because when they're in the real world, it, the show and the issues that are brought up are very much grounded in reality, everyday situations, things that current te- teenagers are dealing with, things that just everybody is dealing with um, in their own regards. And I think why this finale didn't work for me is because all we got was Tandy going in Scarborough's mind and everything outside of that was the the fear that existed because of these terrors. So like this this creation of this big monster at the end of the movie that's trying to destroy the town. And I'm like, what is this crap? Yeah, but I think but it still touched on a lot of those 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 grounded issues, though. Uh, you know, when it starts out, I mean, Ty's on the run for being a, a cop killer and, you know, and the, some of those underlying tensions where he, he had the choice to use his powers there to escape or not, he decided not to. And right. so, I mean, so there were those points of growth again that we've seen these characters show, have throughout Throughout the season. No, I I understand that and I agree. I just think that there's like a good 20 minutes when it's just them facing off against the terrors and it didn't work. I mean, the terror, yeah. I, I, and I know I know you're 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 you need the budget, you know. To I mean, I guess yes. the, yeah. I mean, I, I know the terrors were not. I mean, I, because I guess we really were first. Show them the terrors when they were in Hess's mind, mm-hmm. uh, and, a, as a threat. And they were very menacing there on the rig. Um, we. Because they were in Ivan Hess's mind. Right. And that's where they should have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> on, no, I'm being like, yes, that's kind of funny, but I'm, serious like if they would have chosen maybe a different like maybe in Ivan Hess's mind that's what that stuff did like when it got released from the pressure valves and stuff mm-hmm. I feel like they could have maybe what would have made it better was have it affect people differently like if it made people sick or had a just a different effect other than the terrors because if maybe that being the same sort of whitewashed what they were trying to do with the terrors and the power that's coming out of the ground. Um, well, maybe it, like if they had 
done something a little different and kept the terrors in Hess's mind and then created something different for them to face off in a mob-like fashion, um, yeah. that would have been a little more successful. Yeah, but well, I, I, I get Sarah's point, though, with them being uh, – you, know, you can't it's, – it's hard to, like, as you know, to separate other – them being deriv- derivative of other, like, things, like, you know, Walking Dead, or in my case, the, you know, Evil Dead, or what, Living Dead, or whatever, kind of Living Dead. Um, so, you, you sort of couldn't help but, like, feel that as you're watching. I mean, as I say, even while I was watching an episode, I did, I was like, yeah, it's kind of nice, Living Dead, feel to these creatures, especially when they were, like, showing up on the street, chasing Fandy and Nina, um, uh, to the warehouse. Um, but, but I think we, you know, in the, I guess when you had the one-on-one, like when Mina was facing off with Tandy, when after she was infected, that's when I feel like they actually work. The terrorists work because it's that one-on-one kind of thing. Even in the police station and a few places, that's where I felt they actually worked. Uh, when they're in a big crowd or whatever, yeah, they, 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 they lose their, their threat, their menace, to me at least. So they actually did show at the end how um, this energy can affect people differently because Detective O'Reilly had an interesting encounter with the energy force. Granted, she was practically about to die, and she fell into the water, and Mm -hmm. oh, who there were two other people we know who fell into the water and were on the verge of death and got hit with energy force and yeah yeah so I I I think Patricia that in season two this the the terrors won't be the big issue it'll be another creature that is a spawn of similar to Tandy and Tyrone but um well I'll just call it. It'll be mayhem. It'll be mayhem. It'll but mayhem, be mayhem. But mayhem. So here's the thing, though, and I, and I wonder if they're, how much they're going to stay close to the source material, or they're going to uh, deviate from it. Because mayhem in the comics, now I'm not a reader of the comic book or anything. It's just doing Wikipedia research and whatnot. But it, she's an antihero. Mm-hmm. That. Um, work that you know that uh, that has helped Tandy and Tyrone um in in, in New York. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll I, I wonder. I mean, Connors is gone, but I wonder no, how. Well, he's temporarily he's he's in a pocket <laughs> dimension somewhere, and, or I guess the I guess it's called the Dark Force dimension in in, in the Marvel Marvel land. But, is uh, he gonna become negative man? I don't know. I don't know. But he's tucked away in somewhere in in, in, in Ty's darkness in, in in the dark force dimension, which I'm sure they'll touch on in season two. Because they you know, they you know we we saw Ty in that door with the black ooze coming out, so that's clearly the place where he, he taps his powers to get it from. So you know we. We, we will get some, I'm sure we'll get some deeper uh, explanation as far as how he utilizes the Dark Force and, and, and you know, 
Connors being stuck there and, you know, probably being driven mad. But, um, I just wonder, like, with, with O'Reilly, whether she will, you know, eventually be a villain to them, but eventually, because she's already established this relationship with, with Ty and Tandy, helping them out with various things, you know, with Tandy early on this season with the attempted rape, um, Ty with the, with helping apprehend Connors, she'll eventually come around to be on their side. But, you know, but in an anti-hero well, kind of way. Well, yeah, and I think she just has, will have a lot of vengeance going on considering her whole, her whole police force, or the whole police force kind of turned her back, their back on her. Right, right. On the previous episode. So despite, yeah. and, and then I can see like if, if Tyrone has Connors in this other dimension and O'Reilly really just wants to take down Connors, she may have to take out Tyrone to get to Connors. True. True. So yeah. will she figure that out? She'll figure that out. She may figure that out. And also, from what I've gathered from the comics, uh, there is that the, there is the corrupt police force angle in there as well. So, uh, so she'll. So I'm sure they'll play that up some too, because as we saw throughout the season, you know, especially with the you know murder of Fuchs. Fuchs. And and something else that's interesting about Mayhem is that um, the character in the comic books has talon-like fingernails. Mm -hmm. And um, the first shot of Detective O'Reilly is of her fingernails. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, people. That's all we have. (laughs) (laughs) And she squishes a bee. (laughs) No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. Mina does. Yeah, Mina does. That's, that's somebody else. No, when o- O'Connor's, or what's her name? O'Reilly comes out of the water, they show a close up of a flower where the bee is landing on the flower, mm-hmm. and she reaches out of the water and smashes it. Right, 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 right. I'm talking about it in the very, like, second episode where we see Detective O'Reilly. Oh. I thought you meant the final one. No. Never mind, just kidding. (laughs) But she does crush a bee when she's coming out of the water in this final episode. You know what also I noticed? Like, there were these um, fireflies in the first two episodes that Mm. suddenly disappeared and I guess were replaced by bees, and I'm still kind of confused as why. Yeah, I remember being very confused by the fireflies after the car crash. Yeah. They were supposed to mean something, and I don't know if they just forgot about them or something. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they, they'll show up more in season two. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they were like the the early manifestations of the the energy. Maybe there was like a byproduct of that. They were just losing off from that energy that was uh, brewing under the city. Maybe. Maybe. Patricia, you mentioned that you had some theories. Did you want to drop any? Oh, no, I just have questions. Oh, like, well, ask away. So uh, when Tandy and Tyrone are in the core in this end, like, and they decide to hold hands, 
so their powers, like, I don't know, like, so the bad stuff gets absorbed by them, but they have, like, but that's, like, the source of their power, like, because it was the same colors. Uh, like, what happened? That, that's my question. Like, I understand that they sort of absorbed the power and it, like, dispersed. And then everybody that was a terror turned back into a normal person. We haven't seen that yet, really. But that's what is assumed. Yeah, the showrunner confirmed that. What actually... That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so people did... Re- yeah, so uh, as far as the sec- your second question, people did revert back to their normal state. Um, and that was confirmed by the... I read an article uh, by the, with the producer of the show, and he, he did say that that did happen. So... I think we'll just sort of see what the, you know, what the impacts are on those individuals. In particular, I'm curious to see with, with Mina, uh, how her relationship with Tandy, uh, is impacted by, uh, what happened when she yeah. was turned into a terror. Um, as far as your first question, I think when they fused, because I think they both, both of them, if you notice, were scratched on the arm, and all the other divine pairings were also scratched on the arm. Um, so I think that I, I guess when their wounds like touched or whatever, I think that was like the fusion of the two of them, and they were able to to break whatever uh, barrier that was that was there between them, uh, and it could have been a conscious thing too. I don't know, it's a metaphysical kind of like merger things that were going on that allowed them to, to, to break um break through that barrier that was there there before. Sarah, what what are you thinking? I'm sorry, I fell asleep what? Yeah. <laughs> we were well, talking I, about science. Like Will dropped the word metaphysical and I just I I Yeah. Well, you got string theory in in the rundown, so I figured I'd add to it. <laughs> yeah. Like a silence science I don't understand, okay? It's just a cool little note in there, okay? It's one of the better lines. What were you going to say, Patricia? So, I understand that they like broke the barrier and they were able to hold hands this time because they were facing a bigger threat or whatever. But my question is is did they absorb all the stuff that yes. like yeah. was being excruciated from the the pipes or whatever? Yes, that is that is what I understood to be occurring in that sequence and how they were able to do that. Yep. Okay, so they're that and it's a metaphor for sex. Thank you. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a little kid about it. Ew. Um, anyway. <laughs> now I can't get over it. Sarah, you're in my gone. Well, you're right. <laughs> She's not wrong. It is a metaphor. For I know. Yeah. I know. And that's what, that's the problem. Because now I'm like, oh, yeah, duh, that's why they were laying next to each other on top of a building, like all out of breath after it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh man any other questions you want to answer it's all going to go back to no. sex now no. I'm good now well it, it does all go back to sex 
It does. <laughs> We've been, it been, they've teased it all season. Will, you're not helping. Well, <laughs> my thing is, is I want to know what happens when, oh, crap, what's her name again? The girl that is in high school that was, like, dating Tyrone for, like, oh, Avita? Avita, yeah. Avita. He didn't, like, immediately go, like, hey, no one died. Like, we didn't get to see that reaction yet, because Evita definitely thought that it was going to be Tyrone. I think that will definitely be coming out, and I think she's going to be super happy about it, that Tyrone didn't die, but I don't think Tyrone is going to feel the same after this sex moment with Tandy. No, I no. see. Okay, so it doesn't get, there is no, there's so many ways I can go with that. <laughs> that would doesn't count. <laughs> oh my god! No, I actually I thought that the purpose of that in that interaction when Evita goes to the church is not only telling them about the their fate and supposed destiny, but also for that that note that Tandy says towards the end where she she admits like she likes those two together. I don't mm-hmm. think that there's romantic tension between Tandy and Tyrone yet. I no. and I applaud no. the writers for doing this because it's very easy to from the get go have it all be about this love affair and them trying to save one another. Romeo and Juliet, basically. Yeah. But but they've made it very deliberate choices not to have it be about that. So mm-hmm. I think that eventually Tyrone and Evita will go their separate ways, probably because of cheating. But no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Tandy's team Evita, so hey. <laughs> I, yeah, and I think with Tandy, she also, we have to remember, we know this character. We know her fears. Her fears are ruining not not everyone's life, but specifically the men in her life. Mm-hmm. Like she has a fear of like poisoning them. And Tyrone is going to be placed in a, shall I say it, in a glass cage for Tandy and put on a pedestal. And she will be fearful of breaking that. Um, so, so how their romance blooms, I, I don't know, but I think, um, I think it's just plat- platonic, even though they did I, exchange some stuff, <gasps> exchange <laughs> some energy. <laughs> exchange, yeah. <laughs> this is all Patricia's fault, by the way. She brought it up. <laughs> Excuse me. It's not my fault. I was asking an innocent question and you had to just darken it with your dark things. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I really like that they didn't that they don't have a love interest between Tyrone and Tandy. Mm -hmm. I enjoy like I'm totally on board with that. They could keep it that way for whenever you know, however long the show is going to be on for. But like that's fine. I just don't think that Evita is going to have the same reaction that she wants out of Tyrone. When they see each other next. Interesting. Interesting. I, I think she'll be. I, I think because I think there's still, as we 
touched on. I mean, there's still that platonic nature between Tandy and, and Tyrone that, even though we all know where where it's destined to go, they they clearly haven't figured that out yet. We we saw some, I guess it was well, episode six or seven where I think they had that little intimate moment on the phone where we thought they were going there, and then the next episode it was like. No, oh, no, we're, 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 you know, they teased us and then they went back to a very adversarial, um, stance on, on things that happened, uh, with, with them and some other choices. And they had, the, I think that was the regression episode it was either immediately after that or the one, um, maybe two episodes from that point. But they're going to drag, I mean, they're, they're right, as you said, they are rightfully dragging this this out because um if they if they rush it then yeah where 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 do you go after they they become a couple other than going into CW melodrama you know and we and, and we don't there's plenty of that on the CW we don't need to bring it over to freeform yeah well will obviously hasn't seen pretty little liars which used to be on freeform <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no 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 i try i try you know i get i try to stay away from melodrama as much as i can <laughs> i get enough of it all <laughs> yeah it's just um it's also that these two characters they they're on their own journeys and again a lot of the season was about was structured around each Tyrone's independent journey away from Tandy and Tyrone's or Tandy's independent journey away from Tyrone. And yes, they crisscrossed and overlap. Um, but that was a part of how they were able to make peace with four. And so I, I think that next season it's going to be about now that they've accepted the powers that they do have, these abilities, and they're going to test some limits. Um, but I don't think that they'll be testing each other anytime soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I just, oh. Oh, we see so where your mind's funny. Yeah, yeah, we see where your mind's at today. <laughs> Sorry, what? So we see where your mind is today. Yeah. <laughs> Get Again, it's all professional. Too much oh, time on your hands and just, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to title this episode, Oh, Patricia's Fault. <laughs> <laughs> what are your theories other than uh, lack of any hookups between them for season two? Um, I, you know, outside of everything we've, I, I have to give a shout out to Nerdist. They have a very good cloak and dagger after show and they've had the showrunner on every single episode. And he, there was some really interesting stuff regarding Detective O'Reilly that has me really curious. Um, because they basically explained that, or they hinted that they're, they're going to take this character of mayhem. And given her anti, anti-hero background from the books, uh, explore an issue that affects a lot of women and girls in the world. And so I'm very curious about what that issue will be. I, I hope, um, as we were talking last week, Will, mm-hmm. both of us seemed very disturbed by the violence that 
Detective O'Connor's um, showed mm-hmm. against Detective O'Reilly. And so I, I, I'm thinking it might have to do with that moment. And that's why it was so violent and aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I can't be sure. I maybe, maybe they're, they're going to explore, go further with the rape storyline that was sort of brought up at the beginning of the season. I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm getting really interested in this character of mayhem and, what they're going to explore. I hope that they don't go. Um, it, I, I'm always mixed about the anti-heroes. It's very hard to pull off. Um, the only one I've seen anybody able to do is the Punisher recently. And even then there were a lot of really dark moments with that and how he interacted with Daredevil um, in season two of that series. So, I yeah I'm just I'm on board for for that I the oh okay if we really want to go a Belmont theory that's never gonna happen here here will here's okay. here, here's the sound bite I guess you would say okay let's do this <laughs> this is ridiculous so <laughs> as I was watching the first episode I realized something Tandy and Tyrone weren't the only ones dead in the water in that first episode. And therefore, won't, weren't the only ones technically to get hit by the energy dispers- dis- dispersion mm-hmm. that occurred. So, who's to say that we will never see Nathan Bowen alive again, or Tyrone's brother alive again? Who's Ooh. to say? That's, that's pretty deep. Yeah. But you know, because I said it, it's, not it's gonna never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Will? Any theories? Um, I, I, as far as theories, I, I think I will hope to see them explore. I mean, they explore some of the uh, evolutions of their uh, explorations of their powers. I, mean, I think we they it was a gradual build up over the season and. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad it was that way instead of just, you know, just dumping like all these you know, powers on them. And then we had a traditional like comic book show. So I'm hope I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm, I'm wondering how now that Ty is still on the run for a murder he didn't commit, uh, how, uh, you know, how, you know, it, there was some scenes there in, in the show where he, you know, his father had basically was like, look, I believe you didn't do anything wrong, but, you know, again, touching on some of the socioeconomic and racial issues that they, you know, have not been shy about addressing at all this season. Uh, and how that will, you know, impact Ty's journey as he tries to clear his name from uh, the... Uh, him being wrongly accused of uh, detective, detective uh, murder, and then also how to explain what happens to Connors. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm just hoping that you know we we get to see Ty wherever he's 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 tucked the Connors away, uh, interacting with him and and uh, using his fears against them to torment him for um, killing killing his brother. So. There's those issues, and it also, 
seeing what happens with Tandy and Mina, uh, especially that Mina offered her the job. Um, and they had that moment with, uh, Scarborough and a nice, um, you know, little hat tip of the Starks and the brands. Um, but how, you know, what they will do to, um, I mean, they've released this, this energy into the sky, but it, I don't think, I don't think that danger is completely gone. So, um, yes, I, I'm looking, I, I want to see what happens there with, uh, you know, as they continue to find out more about the, uh, this, this, this energy source that's, uh, that's under New Orleans. Yep. Yep. All right. A lot to look forward to in, in 2019 for the show. It's been great um, breaking it down with you, Will, every week. And Patricia, yeah. whenever you come on this podcast, you always lead us to interesting conversations. Yes, you do. Always about sex and <laughs> Glad I can help, Sarah, no matter what direction it takes us. <laughs> and on that note, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? They can find me at PRMiller20. That's at P-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-2-0 on Twitter. And, and Will, where can they find you? Yes, uh, quick, uh, quick thing. Uh, I know a lot of folks who've been engaging with us on our Twitter page has been asking us to help stay shadow hunters. And so, uh, hopefully for the, I never watched the show, but Hope you guys are successful in trying to get it uh, resurrected like uh, other shows have been. But you can find me on Twitter at uh, Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And also we have a YouTube chat channel if you don't know all under scene and nerd but most importantly rate subscribe and comment on itunes soundcloud and spotify tonight seek out your what